the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Hello. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today we will hear a classic message from our archives that we believe will be a blessing to you and give you principles to live big in Christ. Let's join Bishop Greer for this classic teaching as we continue our previous broadcast. Then he continues, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And, and Mary's thinking, wow, wow, this, this is great. But she's also thinking, I grew up on the farm and I saw them animals. I know a little bit about the birds and the bees. And she's thinking, and she's a smart girl. She said, um, um, how will this be? Listen, she didn't say this can't be. See, a lot of times when we can't figure it out, it's like, it can't be. I've done that. We're so arrogant. She didn't say it can't be. She just said, how, this, this doesn't currently fit my, my, my paradigm thing. I don't have no file in, in my mental draws for this. How will this be since I am a virgin? You see, Gabe, me and Joseph, we ain't been fooling. We ain't, listen, we, we've had, you know, uh, the, the chaperone trips together. It was always dad in the outer room and, and we barely go on a walk alone. Listen, me and Joseph, we, we, we've been doing the right thing. We've been good little Jewish children here. And uh, am I missing something? And by the way, if, as the skeptics say, if Mary was not a virgin, she wouldn't be like, how could this be? It's like, uh-oh. <laughs> and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit, what I'm going to do doesn't require a man's hand. And there's some things that God wants to do in your life that only the Spirit of God can accomplish and get it done. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the dunamis, the power of the Most High, will overshadow you. You know, again, unlike some of the real freaky Bible critics, they come up with weird things. And they, they try to say that this statement was somehow sexual and weird. And they, they, they turn something beautiful into something kinky. This statement is not at all sexual. In fact, the language here was intended to take us back to the creation story. In Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. And Mary knows the Bible, particularly the first five books. She's heard it all the days of her life. And as soon as she hears, you know, the, the Spirit of God is going to come upon you and overshadow you, her mind harkens back to this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then he explains what that process was like. 
The earth was without form and void. It was just kind of an idea. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was doing what? Hovering. That's language of a bird hovering over its young. The Spirit of God was overshadowing. The Spirit of God always hovers before he acts. That's just God's way. And that's why sometimes you'll sense God's presence. It's just him him hovering. But don't stop with the presence. Let God go on and do what he's going to do. Get your word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then he said light being all the other stuff. But I want to make this point that I've made before. Now, if you're familiar with this narrative of creation, God created light on the first day. But the sun, the moon, and the stars on the fourth day. You see, that's the point entirely. God didn't need a sun or a star to create light. And God doesn't need sex to create people. He's God. You hear what I'm saying? The original Adam was not a sexual deal. So what happened in Mary is from the Garden of Eden where God said, you know, the seed of this woman is going to crush your head. That was the first prophecy of Jesus' birth and his coming. And then the prophets continued to prophesy. And God's word was released in the earth. And then finally, in the fullness of time, all those words converge into the womb of Mary. And the power of God orchestrated the whole event and designed the body of our Lord Jesus. And even today, you know, scientists can, can take pieces of people and, and animals and start putting them together. How much more? And there's no sex involved, by the way. How much more could a living and loving God? Luke 1 and 35. He said, Mary, I don't need you to do anything with Joseph. This is not about the birds and the bees. It's about something far higher. Something that, uh, and you know, Something so high that there's really hard words, there aren't words to explain. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will what? Overshadow you. But again, this little girl is conversing with Scripture. Psalm 91.1, and we'll go back to the text. The writer says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, I said he, right, will abide in the shadow. This woman was overshadowed by the presence of God in the shadow of the Almighty, and God wants to shadow us and come upon us in the same way. Luke 1 and 35. The writer says, Luke says, therefore, because of the way this child is going to be born, Jesus is going to be called holy from birth. He will be unique. He will be different and set apart from all others in every respect, or at least in this respect, throughout, throughout all history. So parents, if your daughters come home and they say, you know what, Gabriel, I was walking down the street and Gabriel, you know, (laughs) told me, and it was the Holy Ghost, Ma, she's lying. (laughs) This was unique. This is a one-time deal. This child that is born shall be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold your relative, Elizabeth. Some commentators say that Elizabeth was her aunt. Others say that 
They were cousins. But I do want you to see something and understand something of how God moves. God never, never, ever desires to only impact one individual. Never. Never just wants one individual. If he gets hold of you, it's because he's trying to reach your whole clan. He's trying to impact your entire family line. So we, we need to keep believing for that sister, that brother, that mother, that father, that, 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 that child, that, that, that sister, that daughter. It's not a, just about you. God was trying to break into your family and begin to break things through your life. We see he moves through family. In fact, if you're familiar with the Gospels, you'll find that many of the disciples were relatives. In fact, John, if you look at the Scripture, it, it appears that he was kind of related to Jesus. This is, this is John the Beloved. This also helps you understand why Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, Behold your mother, yada, yada, yada. And, and Mary went with, with John. There was lots of reasons for it, but that was also one of it. Remember when, when John's mother and James' mother came to him and said, You know what? Uh, give my boys, you know, to sit at your right hand. And Jesus said, it's not for me to get. What was she doing? She was levering the, the, the blood relationship. It was nepotism. She was saying, listen, we're kin. Now, these boys, they, you know, they ain't blood, but, but you know, we, we're, we're blood. And, you know, when you come into your kingdom, you need to remember your family. And so you see there was relation. And, and even here, Jesus is related to John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist's mama is Mary's cousin. Does that make sense to you? So God is doing something through an entire family. In fact, all Israel is, is a family. Descendants of Abraham, they're a family. You remember the jailer, he got, he got saved and, and he was afraid that he was going to get beat up because Paul and them were about to escape. And then the Bible said his whole household got saved after that man did. This is God's desire for each of us. He said, and behold your relative Elizabeth in her old age. Imagine being so old that the Holy Spirit doesn't even mention how old you are. <laughs> he just used the word old to describe you. He said, he didn't say she's 70, didn't say she's 90. Just said in her old, she's just old, that old lady. has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth what? You paying attention to what the Lord's doing? The Lord is building this little girl's faith. When I was a little new to the faith and, you know, the faith movement was real big and, and I hear about faith all the time and I walk away trying to have faith and I try to manufacture faith. It was after a while I discovered that's not how faith comes. You know, I, 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 I read scripture in the Bible, say it a thousand times, say, you know what, faith, faith, faith. No. If you're familiar with God, God is extremely patient. And if my faith is, is, is a result of me, I can brag on me. But genuine faith comes out of relationship. God told Abraham he's going to have a baby. He said it over and over and over and over and over again. He appeared to him in a vision. Then, you know, he, he, he walked with him, had covenant and furnace and, and the lamp and, and over and over again. Then the angel came and, and, and shared the same message with Abraham. What was God doing? Building Abraham's faith. 
And I have found if, if I start trying to believe God on my own, I'm headed for trouble. But when I let God minister it to me, and I listen and I say, Lord, uh, uh, it's written there, but Lord, would you give it to me? Lord, would, would you cause that, that dead letter on the page become the living word in my heart? As I let God begin to speak it to me, and I lift hands to worship God, and all of a sudden, he show me a picture. I lift hand another day, and, and a scripture will come to mind. Another day, he might just say something, but, but he keep building and building and building. He didn't say, listen, I'm God. You believe you're on your own. The Bible said the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, and truth is to be believed. So over the years, I learned when God wants me to believe something big, don't panic. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Just start to listen. Just start to say, Lord, I'm available. You know, I'm going to worship a little bit longer. Lord, I'm going to read my word just a little bit longer. And in these moments, would you meet me here? And then faith grows and, and grows as time goes on. It was the sixth month of the old lady's pregnancy. What was God trying to say to Mary? He was saying, if I could give a woman as old as Elizabeth... A baby. What will stop me from doing something at least as incredible for you, young lady? And when Mary went and the baby leaped in, 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 in Elizabeth's womb and they met, it was just a confirmation of the miraculous power of God. And her faith just exploded in those moments. But you got to understand, God will help you believe. This is the sixth month. With her who, have, who was called what? Barren. Now, did you catch what it said? She was called barren. See, Elizabeth lived a life of disappointment. And when you didn't have a baby, the women left you out. You don't have many girlfriends. And, and the women that do have children, all they do is talk to you about their children. You can't stand being around them half the time because they're so insensitive about what happened in your life. But, but she had been called barren. She had been called fruitless. She was called worthless. In that culture, she had no value. But right before the sun set on her life, the breakthrough came. It is never too late or too early with our God. This is the sixth month with her who was. See, folk used to call you one thing. When God gets a hold of you, you're going to get a new name. <laughs> he was called barren. Gabriel looks at her. He says, Mary, no thing. Mary, look at me. For no thing will be impossible with God. Mary, what might limit you doesn't limit God. The world, English Bible translates that statement this way. For everything spoken by God is possible. But the New American Standard translates it this way. No Word from God shall be void of its power. He's saying, Mary, I don't care how hard to believe and how ridiculous it sounds. If God said it, that settles it. 
God is not a man that he should lie. Why do people lie? Because we're afraid. We're afraid if we tell the truth, the IRS is going to come and, and arrest us. We're afraid if we tell the truth, our wife's going to leave us. We're afraid if we tell the truth, the mom and dad won't love us anymore. We're afraid if we tell the truth, we're going to get in punishment. We lie because we're afraid. Who do you think you are that God got to lie to you? It's somehow God's frightening you so he's going to start lying and telling stories. God ain't afraid of nobody. He ain't lying to nobody. What jail are you going to put God in? Genesis 18, 13. A little more background. Let's see where this statement came from. See, originally it was a question that God asked Sarah when she doubted about, you know, her having a baby. I think she was 90 years old or so, and, you know, just a miracle that Abraham was able to do his thing. And, you know, on top of that, you know, she was past the years of, you know, menstruating and all that. And actually in the language in, I think it's verse 18, she says, after I'm worn out, this is what she says to the Lord, shall I have this pleasure? I mean, after my season, you know, that stopped 40 years ago. You know, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, the way of women is not any longer happening in my life. Verse 13, well, I said 18, but the other sentence, I believe it was in 12. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, you see, God will tell you things that seem ridiculous on the surface. And this is why I know the Bible's true. Because if I was writing a book, I'd leave that part out about Sarah. But, but here you have the woman of God laughing and saying, shall I indeed uh, bear a child now that I'm old? She's in the same situation as Elizabeth. And then God poses the question, Sarah, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is any word from God too wonderful for him to perform? I don't care how old you are. I am God. I don't care how young you are. He's saying, I am God. I don't care if you got eggs, don't have eggs, got to go buy some eggs. I am God. And I will perform my word. And then he says, at the appointed time. I've learned something about God. Now, I tend to try to be on time, but I'm convinced he's constantly on CP time with me. He always waits till it's too late, at least in my book. Remember with Lazarus? They said, you know, Lazarus is dead. Jesus said, you know what? I'm glad he's dead. And, and I waited this long so that you might see the glory of God. And then he went and raised him from the grave. And I found a pattern in my life. He waits till I say it's impossible. He said, man, that's, just, that's, that's the word. That's what I've been waiting for. See, as soon as you say it's impossible, when I do it, only I could get the glory. So in reality, God's never late. He's never late. Always right on time. But as far as I'm concerned, he's always like, God, where are you? What's taking you so long? 
I mean, not only is Lazarus dead, he's been buried. Then you're going to show up? I've had some relationships, man, not, not just dead, they're buried, six foot under, no, no hope of it ever coming back, and then the Lord give you a word. That's just the way God is. He waits till it's absolutely impossible to prove to us that there's nothing impossible with God. He said, at the appointed time, I will, I'm going to come back. I'm going to follow up on this. I will return to you. As I said in the first service, I believe this is God's word to this congregation and everyone here. So get what's yours. At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year. Sarah will have what? Don't say you are too old. Do not say your circumstances are too impossible because about this time next year, God is saying, listen, I'm taking all the question marks and all, I'm, I'm giving you a date. And when God starts giving dates, he's serious. About this time next year, I'm going to put a date on it. I'm predicting it. Listen, guys, not only did God create you, he created the calendar. You hear me? And he knows how to pick a day and say, that will be the day. He said, about this time next year, you will have what I promised. Now, listen, when she laughed, she laughed at God. God didn't smack her in the face. He ministered to her. And we have to learn to let God minister to us when we have questions. But, but, but here's the deal. Matter of fact, let's, let's pick it up with Mary. Luke 1, 37. And we're almost through here. Gabriel said to Mary, for nothing will be impossible with God. Where, where, where human strength and wisdom fails, God remains sure. You got to know that. And Mary said, behold, I am your girl. I am the servant of of the Lord. Notice, she's no longer grappling with the issue. Please hear me. At first, how could this be? At first, she's troubled by the news. Why, why are you talking to me this way? But by the end of it, she's no longer grappling, saying, maybe, maybe not, uh, you know, could be. No, no. She finally simply submits. And while I was studying this message, it was the voice of God to me. There were some things that I've been grappling with. And it's okay at first to grapple a little bit. But day after day, at some point, you got to make a decision. At some point, you got to get off the fence. At some point, you got to stop being two-minded or double-minded. You got to be a, uh, you got to make a decision. Am I going to believe God or am I not? And I, I looked at this little girl. Now here, the greatest miracle that's ever been, been done on the earth, except for the resurrection of Jesus, is being performed in her life. And in just a matter of moments, she makes this internal shift. And she says, behold, I am the girl you're looking for. I am that one who, who receives favor. I am highly favored. I, I'm the girl you're looking for and talking to. All of a sudden, everything changes on the inside of her. But you see, it just happened just a few sentences with her. 
But some things, man, year after year, I'm like, confirm it again. Listen, I the guy's like, I done showed you enough times, boy. I don't need to show you not another time. You know. The problem is, son, you're not willing to make up your mind and just decide that what I say is true. She's no longer grappling with it. She just takes God at his word and submits. At some point, you got to just say, I can't figure it out, can't wrap my head around it, but that's okay. I'll trust. Then she began to sing a Beatles song before the Beatles even came out with it. Let it be, let it be, let it be, oh, let it be. There you go. Let it be. Got to get that last part. (laughs) She said, I'm in the right place. You're talking to the right girl. Let it be to me. This is mine. God, I'm coming for what you got for me. Let it be to me according to your word. May this be your response. And then the Bible said, and the angel departed from her. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Hallelujah. This has been a classic message from Bishop Derek Greer. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at gracechurchva.tv. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.